Hi, and welcome to Live Life in Flow with me and CEO. This is episode one, and to be honest, I'm excited and nervous at the same time. I've toured with the idea of a podcast for the past year, and I never really committed to getting it off the ground. I told myself that I prefer to write, that I don't like the sound of my own voice, that no one will want to listen to what I've got to say. You name it, I've thought it. And yes, they are my own limiting beliefs, and I just needed to get over them. And get over myself, actually, because when I look at what my core values are and my why, it's about encouraging people to live a life that's true to them. And to do that, I needed to be brave and lead by example. So here it is, my first episode. Now, some of you have asked, so I'll begin by telling you a little bit about me where I've come from, where I am now, and where I envision myself to be. And I hope that this will help you to get to know me better. My name, as I mentioned earlier, is Anne Siyo. Technically, Chinese names are written with the surname first, so actually my passport, my identity card is actually Yo Anne Si. And I was born in Ipoh, a small town in Malaysia, I actually don't know if it's that small anymore, on Tuesday the 7th of May 1968 around about lunchtime, or so my mum tells me. I'm the youngest of two, and my brother is seven years older than me, and he currently lives in Bangkok uh, with his wife and has done for many, many years now. My dad worked for a British insurance company, and my mum was a stay-at-home mom. And my grandmother on my dad's side lived with us for most of her life, and we had a maid that came in daily. And when I was about three or four, we moved back to where my parents were born, which is Kuala Lumpur, the capital of Malaysia. I went to nursery school, um, but for the life of me, I cannot remember what it's called. I kind of remember the school uniform, the nursery school uniform. It's kind of tiny, tiny dog tooth checks, like blue and white, I think, but I can't remember what it's called. And then at the age of six, I went to Fatima Kindergarten, followed by primary school and secondary school at Convent Bukit Nanas, which is, I believe, I'm not biased or anything, the top girls' school in Malaysia. As a child, I was an extremely fussy eater, and whilst I played some badminton at home, I didn't really enjoy PE at school at all. And it wasn't until I started secondary school that I started to develop an appetite and take sport more seriously. So what happened at secondary school? A friend of mine, a girlfriend of mine, asked me if I would accompany her to the taekwondo club at the neighboring boys' school. So I went to convent, and there was the boys' school, the brother's school across the road, and I said yes. Turns out she got into boys, and I stayed for all the training sessions and covered for her when her dad came to pick her up after training. Long story short, I got my first Dan and black belt when I was 15. My appetite changed completely to the point I was hungry all the time and to this day I swear it was the exercise and the training that helped me get over my fussy eating. I eventually represented my state and was invited to be part of the Malaysian team at the Seoul Olympics but by then I was offered a music bursary to a boarding school in the UK and so I came over to the UK in January 1986. And that was a very, very cold winter, if you were around then. Some of you might not have even been born then. Um, So I had 18 months at Giggleswick School in North Yorkshire. 
And upon completion of my A-levels, I went to the University of East Anglia and did my degree in economics and social history. During this time, I carried on with Taekwondo. I discovered the Tequila Taster Society <laughs> University. I played women's rugby and I even did fencing for a while. And then when I graduated, I didn't want to go back to Malaysia. So I managed to persuade my parents to invest in me and I got a place on a Master of Medical Science in Sports Science at the University of Sheffield. Let me just say that up until this time, I wasn't really involved in the fitness world at all. I hadn't even participated in a group fitness class. You know, for me, um, my physical activity was sport. Um, yeah, martial arts and, and, and women's rugby. So after getting my master's, I got a job with a leisure centre in Sheffield as a leisure attendant. All I did really was kind of sit behind reception, I'd take payments for people wanting to play badminton or whatever it is. Um, I put up badminton nets and I steam cleaned the showers. Very glamorous job, not. You know, but back then, what do you do with a master's in sports science? There was just no jobs around unless you were lucky enough to get into a, you know, a team um, sport or anything like that. Um, so I saw it as a job and then one day my manager asked if I wanted to go on an aerobics course. I asked him if he would pay me more. He said yes and the rest is history. So what else have I done since then? I got a job after that as an assistant manager at Spectres at the Northern General Hospital in Sheffield. And that was the first health club for hospital staff in the UK. So it was a really exciting place to be. Um, from there, I then moved to Peterborough as I was offered the position of education director for the Aerobics Organization of Great Britain. This organization ran the big annual World Aerobics Experience Convention in Blackpool, which still goes on today, even though it's run um, by a different company now. Um, whilst I was with the Aerobics Organization of Great Britain, I wrote numerous courses for them, which also included a training course for instructors who were interested in becoming trainers for the organization and deliver their courses. It was during this time that I started on the freestyle presenting circuit and I knew at the time that I needed something that would make me stand out. I needed a USP, a unique selling point. And as I was the only Oriental doing any presenting at the time, I decided to marry what I knew about martial arts, yoga and Tai Chi and created masterclasses and workshops based around that. I started to tour the UK and got invited to my first international event in Sao Paulo in Brazil. And I literally, well not quite literally, but I literally pulled in my pants, right, for the whole month leading up to it. I had diarrhea for a month. I was that nervous about it because I didn't know, should I teach in English? Should I just mime? Should I whistle? But then I couldn't whistle, you know, but it was a fantastic, fantastic experience, um, you know, to be thrown in the deep end. So as I built my fitness profile in the field of mind-body fitness, I left the organization and took on a position at the University of Luton as a lecturer in sport and exercise science. They were then looking for someone who had the qualifications to be a lecturer, but also had strong links with the fitness industry. And part of my remit during, uh, for that job was to write, develop, facilitate and manage a diploma in personal training. 
It was the first of its kind and was a blended learning course and that was exciting which meant that you know this was like pre-online learning so they had um, workbooks sent to them and then that was then backed up by certain training days at the university. Um, I never really saw myself as an academic when that job came up but you know the fact is they wanted someone with strong links in the industry which I had and I thought hey why not go for it right it wasn't a space I'd ever considered before um, but it really taught me a huge amount it taught me how to deliver to our lecture in an auditorium and how to run effective seminars and lecturing on the master's degree program. So I lecture on the undergraduate and the master's program. And it really, really stretched and challenged me, which is always, always a good thing, right? So when I was lecturing, so during this time, I discovered mind-body medicine and psychoneuroimmunology. I just found those two fields really fascinating. And in terms of doing research, it led me to discover Ayurvedic medicine. So I decided to embark on a postgraduate diploma in Ayurvedic medicine, um, which was then, I think it was once a month in London at the time. And through Ayurvedic medicine, I discovered the Vini Yoga approach to yoga. And this is where it got really exciting for me because I really, it really annoyed me actually that, you know, in the West we try and put people in boxes. You know, I was lecturing in, in fields of, you know, obesity, coronary heart disease, diabetes, etc., special populations, essentially. And the American College of Sports Medicine had guidelines for exercise and obesity, exercise and diabetics, you know. And for me, everyone's an individual and should be treated as such, right? So when I came across the Vinny Yoga approach to yoga, which is where you get the individual to fit the yoga rather than get the yoga to fit the individual, you know, that just made perfect sense, right? And really, that is how most alternative health practitioners work. You know, we put the individual first, so no two diabetics are treated the same, yeah? No two people with low back pain should be treated the same. We should treat the individual, and we should treat the individual as a whole. And so, you know, that was what Ayurvedic medicine taught me, and through the Vinyoga approach to yoga as well, which is what I ended up training in. So I made the commitment and started my yoga teacher training journey, which took me, I reckon, like nearly nine years to complete from start to finish. So it's part-time, so many days, weekends, summer school over that entire period. So whilst I was lecturing, I did carry on presenting in the fitness industry. And one day I got an invitation I think it might be emailed by then, I can't even remember, or it might have been a phone call, from fitness professionals to present at their first mind-body fitness convention in London. So I accepted, and this was then followed with a request to see I would look at a new program coming to the UK called Body Balance. Now at this point, I was a freestyler in the fitness industry, and I had no idea what Body Balance was, I had no idea what Les Mills was, and really, the only program that was in the UK at the time was Body Pump. So I said, well, I don't know. So they sent me um, something to look at, which was a VHS tape of Body Balance 1. I still have it. I keep meaning to convert it to digital, and I plan to still do that one day. But anyway, I 
put it in my machine, I looked at it, and then I then had a rant to my boyfriend at the time that, oh my god, they're trying to do yoga to music, this is terrible. So that was my initial reaction to body balance, right? It's not what yoga's about. So anyway, after watching the, the video, I replied to fit the fitness professionals that I'll think about it, um, and then I didn't hear back from them for another year. Um, after that time, I thought, well, okay, it's, you know, I, I probably completely forgot about it, actually. And then eventually, I then got another um, message from them, probably an email, inviting me to attend a boot camp, and I was sent a VHS of Body Balance 5. I still felt the same, to be honest, but then I thought, you know what, it could be interesting to find out more anyway, so I said yes. And it was a while before the boot camp, so I then decided to book myself on a body pump course out of curiosity. So the club I was teaching some freestyle classes at decided to take on body pump, and they had a course at the club, so I booked on and went on. Now in those days, you turned up on day one, and it used to be a three-day course, so we had a weekend, two weeks off, and then you came back for the third day. So on day one, when you arrive and you check in, you get given your cassette tape of the music, a VHS tape of the release, and a black and white photocopic choreography notes. And those of you that teach Les Mills know these days, we have choreography, we have the notes on one side, and then we have additional notes about, you know, how to coach, um, the safety points, you know, anything about the technique is all in the choreography notes today. In those days, it was just literally music breakdown and what the moves are, okay? And what I found is, wow, that course really taught me lots, you know, coming from a freestyle background when I made my own choreography up, you know, I kind of even prepped my lectures the way I prepped my freestyle classes, you know, but what I learned from the three days of body pump training wasn't so much about weight training necessarily, but it taught me about how to present, it taught me how to prep, it taught me how to connect, and it taught me how to use the music. And that was crucial because I'm an introvert, as some of you follow me on social media know. I'm an introvert and I'm shy. So in terms of connection, when I taught classes, it just wasn't there. And they don't really teach you that, you know, on an exercise to music course. And funnily enough, on an exercise to music course, they don't even teach you how to use the music really. Certainly not in those days. So anyway, having done the course that settled my doubts about, you know, Les Mills, and I look forward to attending the boot camp. And eventually the boot camp came around and it was facilitated by an inspiring woman called Emma Barry. And she was flown over from New Zealand to run the body balance and body combat boot camps. She ran them both, sim not simultaneously, one after another. Uh, body balance first, followed by body combat. Um, I just did the body balance. And for those of you who are Lesmos instructors, you know, you'll know Dan Cohen, who's the body combat program director. He was on the initial body combat boot camp as well. I was blown away by Emma and the training. And then I was invited to be part of the initial launch team in the UK. So it was all this excitement, you know, we were taken, some were existing trainers and some of us were new, being invited on the team. Um, and there was all this excitement, but we didn't actually really launch Body Balance in the UK for another six to nine months, probably, 
after the boot camp, you know, so it was like, come on, come on, and then your excitement starts to fizzle out a little bit. Then I got sent to do the very first course, so I was asked to team deliver the very, very first body balance course, and it was held in Dublin at Westwood, and I team taught that course with a wonderful woman called Sally Brooks. From there, obviously, then I went on and delivered trainings all over the UK. Now, there were no quarterly workshops back then, certainly not for body balance, and we were stuck. I was literally stuck with the one release that I trained on, which is Body Balance 7, for something like 12, maybe 18 months, you know, because by the time we delivered the trainings, I remember that um, we should have been on Body Balance maybe 9 and then I think eventually we jump. We decided to miss nine, and we jump forward to ten. I think, um, yeah, definitely. I've got ten. I've got eleven, and I've got twelve. So um, something back then. Um, now with the quarterly workshops back in the old days, I remember this, and I'm sure if some of you are listening to this, you've been around a lot. You remember we had these little. Um, passbooks or passports, Les Mills passports, where the instructors used to bring them to the quarterly workshops. Um, and then after attending as trainers, we had to sign these little books to say that they attended and the release that they did. And as trainers also, we had a massive box of like VHS tapes, CDs by then, not cassettes, and choreography notes, which we handed out to instructors who attended the workshop, which was great actually, because it meant that if you want your release, you had to attend the workshop, um, unlike auto ship and downloads, etc. these days. But uh, as obviously the programmers grew and there were more and more instructors, it just physically wasn't viable. And as, in, as trainers, we would end up with like spares when people didn't turn up and that filled our house up and all sorts of other things. So with time, Les Mills then decided to run their first ever trainer summit. And this was held in Opio in France at a club med. And myself and Maria Tabler, which again, some of you might know, who's an amazing new trainer. She was on the combat team. We were the only two newbies that decided to go. I was blown away. You know, going back, what, 20 years ago, personal development was a new field, right? And it most definitely wasn't found in the fitness arena. And here, Les Mills was, they'd invited two facilitators to work with the trainers, um, and they taught at the Sydney Drama School, which I believe Russell Crowe went to. Uh, they invited them to come along to France and to teach us about performance, about connecting, you know, and that by developing those two areas, it would actually help us become better coaches. And that is one of the main reasons why I'm still involved with Les Mills as a company, because I believe it was way ahead of its time back then. And with the launch of the new advanced training next year, it's ahead of the game again, you know, and everything that I learned from the company, I'm not talking about the choreography, just the beliefs of the company and the training that I've, I've been to, the summits, you know, that we've had, it's inspired me in all aspects of my life, most definitely. But during that very, very first summit in Opio, I was invited to team teach body balance with a few other trainers from different countries. And Jackie Mills was the choreographer. Well, was she a choreographer at the time? She was looking after the program, but we had, I think Molly Fox was the choreographer at the time. And it was an amazing experience outdoors on a tennis court. The sun was shining and they put a little stage on the 
um, on the tennis court and we taught this class in the evening and I was given the hamstring track and the relaxation track which to me I was like oh god you know those two tracks can't really show off <laughs> right um, but anyway what ended up happening was then Jackie approached me and she loved my relaxation and said could she could I you know write it down and send it to her and she would use it for the next release so you know that was like I was like okay yeah so I sent the, the my script to her so next year, the summit, Lesmos Summit, was in Itaparica in Brazil. So I decided, you know what, I learned so much from that first one in France that I wanted to go. And back in those days, there was no contribution from FitPro, who was the agents at the time, for us to go, you know. So I was the only UK trainer that, you know, hauled myself, I think my flight went from London to Portugal, Portugal to Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo to somewhere else, and then I had to get a boat to eventually get there. So I was the only person from the UK that went, right? Um, And it was really, you know, it was so expensive, and it was like a week off work, but it was so, 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 so worth it. We did some capoeira on the beach, you know, and there was all the training during the trainer stream of of the summit, you know, being able to team teach a class again with even more people from around the world. And then the choreographer at the time couldn't get to Brazil, I can't remember or don't know why. So they asked me to teach another class then as well. I think I team taught it. Um, So I had to learn the tracks at the last minute. But because of that, I was then, I remember getting off the stage and being approached by Marta, who was then the training manager for Spain. And she said, oh, I love the way you teach. You know, we're launching Body Balance in Spain. Would you come over and train the Spanish team? I had no idea what the protocol was. So I said, yeah, I'd love to come. Go speak to my training manager and, you know, work out what we need to do. Um, But really that trip to Brazil it really was a turning point in my fitness career, most definitely. So anyway, I ran, went on and I ran the Body Balance Trainer Boot Camp in Spain. I then did one for Greece as well. The Lesmos then invited me to do a tour for Japan because, you know, they wanted to raise the profile of Body Balance there. I got invited to do some work for the German team as well. Um, And this was then followed up by an invitation for filming in New Zealand for Body Balance 23 in 2003. Uh, Up until that point, they had only used presenters from New Zealand. And then for Body Balance 22, they'd invited Gary Hart from Australia to present on it. And this then, after filming 23, which was an amazing experience... This led to further filmings, so I was invited to film 31, 44, Body Balance 50, all in New Zealand, and then um, the latest one was 72 in Stockholm. At some point, though, when I was down in New Zealand, Mike Musweeney, who was the body pump choreographer at the time, um, basically went, oh, you balance it. You can shadow a bicep track. I was like, uh, pump's not my program. You know, I did teach it, but it wasn't my program as a trainer. Um, so I went on. This was after six hours. I agreed to do it, but then I didn't realize that um, when it was. So I booked myself in for a six-hour tattoo, big Mari tattoo on my thigh on the day of filming. 
this body pump. It was the bonus bicep track. I can't even remember what release it is because I never taught it. Couldn't bear watching myself back. And I thought it'd be all right, this new fresh tat on my thigh, still wrapped in cling film. And then when I turned up for, um, they didn't have makeup in those days, you just kind of just had your kit. And I got given short shorts to wear. And I was like, it's fine. The cameras can pan away from me and my leg starts bleeding. (laughs) So whilst Les Mills has been a huge part of my life, I also continued with my yoga business. I started Pathway to Yoga when I was still lecturing at the university. This um, program, the Pathway to Yoga program, was then taken on as the training for the Steiner cruise ships for a few years. It was then reformatted for the David Lloyd Health Club chain as Yoga Moves, and then finally into its current form, which is my kind of yoga. My partner, Mr. Kim, which some of you are familiar with, if you follow me, especially on Facebook, Uh, Mr. Kim and I also run a Bijou Yoga Studio in the True Valley, which is pretty much in the middle of Bristol, Bath and Wells in the southwest of England. And we're also independent consultants for Arbonne, which is a global network marketing business. So what are my future plans? I'm going to continue. I'm continuing my journey with Les Mills into the online space with the launch of the uh, advanced training module in 2019. So that is just so, so, so exciting for me because I think online is the way to go and the skills that you need to deliver in online courses is is very, very different to delivering face-to-face. So it would be really exciting to deliver this brand new advanced training module um, in the online space as well as live face-to-face. I'll also continue to deliver initial training courses and then obviously quarterly workshops and events as well. We'll continue to grow our yoga studio so that it services more people in the Chu Valley and help them feel taller, calmer and happier. The My Kind of Yoga Teacher training will be condensed and I'll only run that once a year now. Um, And I'm also very excited to launch our first online course for yoga teacher, for any yoga teacher, not just teachers that I've trained, which is yoga therapy for mental health. And then over time, I'll also launch more online courses um, for yoga teachers and yoga therapy covering different areas. And um, we're also going to be launching an online business accelerator to help yoga teachers but also anyone in the fitness industry if you're working you know if you have your own kind of you're trying to build your own business with running um you know your own yoga classes where you're off or fitness classes where you're hiring a village hall that kind of thing you know um you know i just find it so frustrating so frustrating that in this industry we invest so much in ourselves and there's so little training at, on the initial stages on how to actually run a business you know what people have done is they've just become self-employed they've just created a job for themselves and pay their own tax without the perks of being an employee you know and then think they've got a business you haven't got a business if it's just you right and i really feel passionate about the Uh, passionately about that that is what we help our my kind of yoga teachers do um, and I'd love to just kind of share that to a wider audience Um, events like retreats and workshops will also continue and we will keep mentoring even more leaders within our Arbon business and help them get their white Mercedes which we're very excited about 
Um, so in closing, what I know for sure is that we have to be open to what the universe presents to us. You know, when someone presents you with something, you know, see it as an opportunity. Don't see it as a threat. You know, just because it's something you don't really know much about or you've only heard about, you know, give them the opportunity to show it to you and explain it to you because you have no idea where it will lead you. But you can be sure that it will lead you somewhere you've never been before. So say yes. You know, had I said no to the body balance invitation, what, 20 plus years ago, I wouldn't be here now talking to you. I really don't think so. I have no idea what I'll be doing. I could still be, I wouldn't even be lecturing, would I? Well, I don't know. Anyway, so, you know, that's one thing I do know for sure is say yes. You know, catch yourself um, when the word knows on the tip of your tongue and just say yes. See where that takes you. All right. So thank you for listening. Um, you know, I'd really love to know your thoughts. So drop me a message um, on this main social media channels. You know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, or you can find my website, ancio.com, and you know, drop me an email via the, the contact or there's a box there that you can type your message in. You know, and if you've enjoyed this episode, you know, please subscribe and please share it with your circle, with your network. So till next time, be safe, be well, and live life in flow.